0: Welcome back. For me, this feels like the first week back to normalcy since, like, honestly, probably April. Um, I've had a series of wacky, not unfortunate events and going on since, like, spring. Um, So it's been kind of hard for me this summer, this spring, to feel like my fully functioning, awesome, organized human being self until, like, no joke, now. I will say that through it all, it has really shown me that there are some things in this wild, wild world of women's entrepreneurship that are not nearly talked about as much. And I want to shed a little more light on. I want to talk about these things a little bit more and share more openly around. So, Um, Of course, also, if you're new here and you came to the show through Tasha, which I'm sure lots of you did, I am Emily Aborn, founder and leader of She Built This, a community for women entrepreneurs also doing the thing, also in the trenches, building, learning from each other every day as they do so. Of course, I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm a content writer for motivated, inspired women entrepreneurs who are ready to take action and get some cohesion, consistency, and creativity in their marketing. So one of the behind the scenes little stories I want to share with you from the past couple of months is around launching. Now, first off, The word launch means a lot of things to a lot of different people. There are different ways to launch. There are different sizes of launches, and you can launch just about anything. Truth be told, you and I have probably launched lots of things, businesses, new products or services in our businesses, events, workshops, a collaboration, memberships, the list goes on, I won't. Most recently, I launched my Marketing Momentum Lab, which is a small group program where we dive deep on out of the box visibility topics for six weeks. Now, it was my first time trying this, and the idea for it came during a presentation I gave at the Women's Tech Alliance back in the spring, as well as an article that I got published in Business New Hampshire magazine around the same time. So, as I presented and shared those resources, I was like, holy smokes, there is so much more inside of me to discuss on this, to share around this, to teach others in this, and I could put together an entire workshop around it. Well, as I got to thinking about it, as I got to thinking about a workshop, I was like, no, no wait, I need a series of workshops. And then that didn't really exactly light me up. So I decided to go for it and try a small group, which for the record, I had never done before. um, And I didn't exactly know what I was doing in the quote unquote launch process here's what I did. So you're going to get like a peek behind the scenes here. Um, I started by brainstorming some ideas in a CEO day with three other women entrepreneurs who are also coincidentally people who would have made a good fit for the program, which was helpful because I was able to get their brain power specifically around what they were struggling with, where they needed help. And that was what sort of like informed me on how to create this framework, um, this box, I guess, this container of how I could help. So I started teasing out my ideas, not really advertising anything specific per se, uh, And sharing that, just like who might be interested in this thing. And I got a couple people on a waiting list, so I kept their names for safekeeping. Um, And then I got to work. I created a landing page and the copy for the landing page. And just like that process alone really helped me to flush out some of my ideas and visualize this, you know, like really be able to see it for myself. So when the page was done, I got feedback from those three same entrepreneurs those same CEOs and they helped me to condense it and make it even better and more concise and then from there I started really envisioning and creating a workbook that would go with this program that would help women to take one step a day towards their visibility for 6 weeks straight after that I decided okay I'm ready it is time and I started sharing about it officially I quote unquote, launched, if you will. Now, I wanna tell you, this was my first time doing this and I didn't wanna roll out the red carpet for myself. Like I had my own set of beliefs and ideas holding me back from like sharing the heck out of this thing, okay? So I did launch it um, and I, at the same time that I sort of like whisper launched it, I tried not to be attached to the outcome. Inside, my goal was to have eight people in this first little go at this. And here's what they don't tell you about launching things. They don't tell you that even if you try not to be attached to the outcome, you get a little bit attached to the outcome. You feel like if you don't get all those eight people or you don't get exactly to where you want to be, it means that something is wrong with you or no one likes you or you have bad ideas or you can't quite do anything right or, you know, fill in the blank of whatever story you tell yourself here. Sometimes what's actually happening though is that maybe your message isn't clear, or the result or value isn't being clearly shown, or it's bad timing, which honestly, mine was terrible timing it was right before everybody was about to like go check out for the summer and I was like here's a thing to do instead of checking out for the summer and people were like no we're checking out for the summer um there's also a factor of like you didn't market it enough or you didn't talk about it enough you weren't comfortable talking about yourself your own damn thing right and that can also be true um you didn't make it shareable meaning not everybody is your person to sign up, but people might also want to help you share the thing. So make it easy for them. Make it shareable. Give them ways to spread the word for you so that you're not stuck doing all the heavy lifting yourself. They also don't tell you that it's actually a gift. It is a gift when those eight people, those 10 people, those 25 people, those 100 people don't sign up for the first time and you get to go through it with just For committed individuals. You get to pour into them and you get to learn from your mistakes and make it the best possible experience for every single one of those people that said yes. It is a gift. So the other thing I learned just in my own experience was like, I absolutely love running small groups. Love it. Like this was the first of me doing this and iterations of this, many, many times. So if you want to get on the wait list for the Fall Marketing Momentum Lab, just send me an email, emily at emilyaborn.com and let me know. Here's the thing though. If I had not enjoyed it, if I had despised running small groups, it would have been okay to have tried it once and walk away. And I say this because you need to know this for yourself too. Not everyone loves running small groups. Not everyone needs a small group program. Not everyone needs a membership. Not everyone needs an evergreen course. Not everyone needs whatever you think or people tell you that everyone needs. The last thing I gained from my actual launch experience was actually in a moment of deflation. Okay? I looked and saw that maybe it was just two people that were going to do it. And that was okay. I was going to put my heart and soul into that. Um, They would have gotten the exact same thing from me. But as I was sitting there with just those two people signed up, I actually got the inspiration for another resource I want to create around this very thing. And then in fact, I got the idea for another one and then another one. So suffice it to say that the very idea, the very process of Launching this, launching it a little bit messy, launching it a little bit scared, the very process of it generated dozens of other ideas and taught me so much. Launching is so much more than meets the eye and it comes with so much more personal growth, I think, so many more challenges, so many more unique experiences than you are ever going to see on that sales page of somebody that tells you how to do it or somebody that's launching their own thing. And so this is like one of the many topics, like I have a ton, I have like a little list started actually, Uh, all these topics in the entrepreneurial space that I want to start opening up conversation around. I want to start shedding some light on some of these things like launching, scaling, moving from one to one to one to many. What is really going on? What really happens? And fortunately, for your sake... (laughs) You don't have to just listen to me ramble on today. I have found the best of the best, who is going to help us see some of the mindset shifts that um, entrepreneurs need to make in order to have a successful launch, as well as what you need to consider long before launching in order to make it fly. My guest has tons of experience launching her own products and services and group programs, as well as for other entrepreneurs. We talk about scaling pivoting to really sink into your genius zone and just like own that, and also the reality that comes with running multiple businesses and what that looks like from a balance and life balance perspective. Tasha Booth is my guest today. She is an agency owner, coach, and podcaster, founder of and CEO of the Launch Guild, which is a full-service launch support agency working with established coaches and course creators with course and podcast launches. Her team is get this you guys, over 20 members, strong, and works together to support clients in being able to focus back into their zones of genius. Tasha also mentors virtual support pros like launch managers and agency owners who are really passionate about growing their own businesses, but also still having a life. And she's also the host of How She Did That podcast, which is a podcast for those virtual support pros to learn business and tech tips. She's been featured in Forbes, Fast Company and entrepreneur, and she's appeared as a guest speaker for various summers, summits and podcasts, including Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy and Julie Solomon's The Influencer Podcast. Tasha is an Air Force mom to her husband, Scott, stepmom to Grace and Meredith, and works from home, work from home dog mom to Stanley and Boomer. In her spare time, she watches true crime, TV, sings karaoke, and tends to her organic vegetable garden. I think you are going to love, Tasha, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. Hi, Tasha, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I've um, known about you and been following you for a very, very long time. And of course, I read your bio before you joined us. But I would love to hear in your own words a little bit about the journey that brought you to where you are. So starting as frugal fit girl, (laughs) becoming a VA and now teaching VAs and having an agency and all this launch support for courses, uh, course creators and coaches.
1: Yeah. So it basically started very much by accident because As I started getting into the blogging community, I started seeing people looking for VAs. And honestly, I had no idea what VA stood for when I first started. (laughs) Um, But what I quickly realized was that there was an opportunity for me to use the skill set that I had kind of cultivated as a blogger and support other bloggers, other course creators on the things that felt heavy to them, but felt really fun and easy for me. And a lot of that had to do with tech specifically and tech for launches Um, And I quickly realized that while I was really good at tech for launches, I didn't want to do all the other things that my clients were then asking me to do for their launches, like Facebook ads and design and copy and all those other pieces, which is how kind of the launch guild started me really thinking, how can I support my clients in a more holistic way in their launches while not saying yes to the things that don't necessarily light me up? I love
0: it. So you basically started a collaborative so that you wouldn't have to do it all for them.
1: <laughs> 100%. Um,
0: yeah. So why don't you break down the, the differences between the two things that you offer now just to give people real crystal clear picture as to what those two things look like?
1: Yeah. So we call the agency side, the the name of the agency is the Launch Guild. And we work with mostly established coaches and course creators, meaning that they already have a validated product or program. And normally they've launched it at least one time before. And we come in when they're ready to really refine it, to start scaling that launch and need a, a, a bigger team or a full team to help support them in that. The other side of my business, we call the Tasha Booth side because it's my personal brand. And under that, I have two different programs. So one is a certification for launch managers. We started that about a year and a half ago. And then the other one is a 12-month program, coaching program for agency owners. So we have agency owners who are... Tapped out or you know maxed out uh, solopreneurs who are just starting their agencies all the way through seasoned agency owners who've been in business for you know three to five years and have larger teams of upwards of sixteen to twenty people and everything in between.
0: You must be busy.
1: <laughs> I am busy, but I've always loved being busy. And I have to say that on both sides of my business, I have such an amazing team and such an amazing support system uh, that most days, not every day, but most days it feels doable.
0: <laughs> so I have to say, it sounds like you're more niche down than, in my, in, than I originally thought you were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious to know if you've ever felt the pressure to niche down even more, and what your thoughts are in general of niching, especially when you're helping people to launch, like how important and valid is that really?
1: Yeah, so we used to do, we also used to do ongoing virtual assistant and online business management support. And we got to the point about, I think it's about two years ago at this point, where we were like, you know, what does our team love to do? What lights us up? Like, what is the thing that like we want to jump out of bed for every single morning? And when we were really honest with ourselves, we were like, it's launches. You know, we love launching. We love supporting people in kind of that short, quick spurt kind of way. I think it works really well with the fact that I am a super high level quick start. And so having those ongoing clients, while it was great to like get to know them more, it felt a little bit more tedious for not just me, but for the team as well. So having clients where we work with them, you know, for eight weeks or 12 weeks, and then we have time away from them and then they come back and they launch with us again, and that just felt better for us. So in answering your question, I think it's a matter of looking at really what, you know, our core was, what we were wanted to be known for and niching down that way. Now I will say also on the other side of my business on the personal brand, I have been challenged by coaches in the past to pick like one thing and they've always asked me like, well if you could just like have one program if you had to pick what would it be? And I'm like absolutely not. Like I can't answer that question because I love them both equally, you know? So I think that niching, really like niching down to one thing works for some people, but it definitely doesn't work for me and my love of variety and adventure.
0: And you know what? You created a container in which you can be really flexible with your variety and your adventure and you focused your business on the things that like are your strengths and that light you up. And that is one thing as entrepreneurs, I think we sometimes forget, like we're creating this. So yeah. we, shouldn't, we should not be creating something that we don't like that feels like a ball and chain because we have the power to take the ship any direction that we want it
1: to go. Yes, yes.
0: Um, Okay. So kind of along the vein of asking about niching, I would love to hear if you have like an unpopular opinion. So like maybe something that just gets under your skin that you see in the online space that you wish people would just stop doing.
1: Oh, oh gosh. There's so many of them. And of course I can't remember any of them now, but like I complain about them to my girl group all day, every day, I'm sure. So (laughs) um, I think one of the things is I I don't like negative marketing. And what I mean by that is I would much rather people share about like what they're doing right in their corner of the online space rather than what everybody else is doing wrong. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion, but I'm, I'm seeing more and more of like the negative kind of tone in marketing and it doesn't sit well with me because i i would much rather you brag on yourself you brag about your clients and the successes that they're having rather than saying like well if you're doing xyz you're doing it completely wrong do you know what i mean you know what tasha
0: i'm 100% with you and i think this goes to my biggest pet peeve which is when people just like go on and on and on about pain points and that's yes. like their entire marketing <laughs> plan and i'm like yeah but people want to feel good too. So just make them feel good. (laughs) Um, I, I don't use, I, I use pain points in a silly way. Like sometimes I'll use them funny. Um, but I really tried to be careful of like leaving somebody with a gouging open wound on, on Instagram, you know? Yeah,
1: completely, completely. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important for us to, make our ideal clients problem aware because sometimes we, you know, we sit in it so much so we don't even realize like, oh, there's a different way. Like, I think that that's different than constantly just being negative all the time.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. So let's shift gears a little bit. Let's, let's talk about the person that is considering, uh, so you said you help people that have already kind of launched once. Mm-hmm. Um, So let's rewind to when, before they first did that launch. And if they're considering group memberships, programs, uh, scaling, mm-hmm. how, what's a good indication that they are ready to do that?
1: Yeah, I think a good indication is that they have some semblance of an audience that is asking for the thing. I think sometimes we, number one, build the thing and then realize like, oh, who's going to buy, who's going to buy the thing? Like, is my mom going to buy the thing? (laughs) You know? So we really need to start looking at how are you going to cultivate this audience of potential buyers as you are building your program or your course or whatever it is. And then it's a matter of really talking to those ideal clients and figuring out exactly what they're looking for in a program. I know that um, when I first started launching my own programs, I didn't necessarily think about where, where my ideal person was. I was thinking about where I was in the moment. And I really needed to go back to like, who was Tasha two years ago when I first started as a VA versus who is Tasha in the moment right now. Um, So that would be, yeah, my biggest piece of advice for people who are, you know, first starting out with their first program or course or whatever.
0: I kid you not, I just jumped off a content um, workshop I was delivering and I said to them, I said like, all right, I want you to tell me how to get to you right now. Mm. And everybody just just stared at me blankly. And I was like, no, come on, somebody tell me how to get to you. And I said, you have to know where I'm starting from in order to know how to get me to where you want me to go. And so when we're creating content, no matter what we're launching into the world, um, it's really important to start where they are not where we are because otherwise it's like, okay, I'm sitting next to a lamp. I have a nice pencil holder, you know, and it doesn't tell them anything about themselves.
1: Absolutely. So I'll share this really quick story. So when um one of my first programs that I created was called Built to Profit and it's one that I don't offer anymore, but it was for brand new virtual assistants and teaching them like the the their in internal like skills uh for running their businesses as VAs. And I thought I had this like amazing webinar and everything that I had created and everything. And it was, you know, it was good. The content was good and everything. But at the end of it, people were like, well, like what first service am I even gonna offer? And I had totally skipped over that point, you know, in terms of like the two questions that they were asking the most was like, what is a virtual assistant and what services can I offer? And I didn't even realize that that was where we were starting the conversation. And if I had realized that my pre-runway, my launch runway content before we even hopped on that webinar could have been around answering those questions so that mm-hmm. they were asked and answered even before you know the webinar. Because that that then became a barrier for them saying yes and becoming students because they were still like, well, I don't re- even really know what a VA is or like what I could actually offer. So would
0: you say that before you get started, before you um, either are going to create a group program or a course or, or start scaling your business, you need to know what they need to know?
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. You need to know what they need to know. So what is their I, I like to say, like, what's their step zero? What is the thing that they need to know or accomplish or understand before they're ready to say yes to your paid something? And then also, what are the pain points that you can, not necessarily pain points, but like, what are the, um, the things that they're going to be saying, like, oh, I, I wish I could, but like, what are those things going to be so that you can get in front of them and answer those questions and objections before they get to your paid content, basically?
0: Okay. I know a lot of people, I know, first of all, I know you have a lot of knowledge in the area of like exactly the steps you need to take to a perfect launch. And I know that a lot of people can go listen to those things and find them also. Um, But I want to know, because I think this is actually – under the issue, right? So what are some of the mindset shifts that we have to make in order to have a successful launch, in order to scale our businesses, in order to grow? Like, who do we need to become in order to do this?
1: Oh, oh, this is such a great question. Super juicy question. So I think one of the things is believing that we have an audience out there who is like ready and willing to pay for our thing. (laughs) And that feels so basic, but at the same time, that gets in the way of so many people. Like if you don't believe in your prices, if you don't believe in the thing that you're Mm -hmm. selling, how in the world can you expect other people to get there and pay, you know, be with you and pay you for it? Um, So that's, that's the main thing. One of the things that I did Two years ago, when we were, when I was getting ready to have my first million dollar year. So we had our first million dollar year last year, 2021. And I was like, thank you. And I was like, okay, like in 2020, I was like, next year's going to be our first million dollar year. And so I started Googling, I kid you not, I started Googling, what does a million dollar a year CEO do? <laughs> like, what do they, you know, what do they do with their day? Like, what do they not have on their plate? What are they focused on? And so I think when we start looking ahead in terms of, as I'm approaching this new level in within myself, there are going to be certain things that I need to say yes to, and also certain things that I need to say no to. And once we can start beginning to walk in those patterns, it becomes much easier. Easier to see ourselves as that person that we eventually want to be.
0: Ooh, that was beautifully said. Thank and you. I want I want to go back to your um, point of believing in what we're offering, and I think some of that also comes from choosing the right thing. Like no coach, no consultant, no person can tell you to put something into the world and make you feel passionate about mm-hmm. it. You know, like that has to come from inside of us. And I think when when I put something out that I'm like, meh, I'm not that excited about it. It just inevitably <laughs> doesn't go as well. So yes. I think like really aligning yourself with the things that you want to put out into the world that are exciting and that feel good and you can truly stand behind 100% will help you immensely when it comes to launching, scaling, growing
1: absolutely because i know like the minute i started gaining some level of success people started asking me to create all kinds of things and like 90% of them i was like that would be awesome for somebody else to do but i have no desire <laughs> to do it you know so it's really less about what people are always asking you for yes you want to look at that in terms of like what is the market asking for but you also need to be really discerning in what what of those things you actually want to do and you actually feel some passion for
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I want, I'd i love for you to share about your two podcasts and kind of what the differences are. But if I'm not mistaken, you have two podcasts, correct?
1: <laughs> yes. So one was actually a, um, I, w- I would say it's like a limited series. Um, so that podcast was easier because we knew that we were only doing it for a limited amount of time. And that's called the Love Your Launch podcast. So that one I did with a bunch of my team members, which was super fun for I think people to not only get my perspective on launching, but also to get my team members perspectives on launching, especially because they're each um, experts in their own right in different parts of launching. Uh, So we did that as a limited series. And my podcast, my other podcast is called how she did that. And that is the one that I started almost five years ago at this point. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I can't believe it's been almost five years, but that is business and tech tips for virtual support pros. So that is VA's project management, managers, online business managers, directors of operations, certified launch managers, all of those people that fit into kind of the umbrella of online support pro- professionals.
0: Well, obviously I love the name Thank considering you. they're, you know, <laughs> ours are very, very similar. <laughs>
1: um,
0: okay. So you have two podcasts and yes. like, I mean, nuts and bolts of it, you really have two businesses, at least two business models. Yes. So there's like many opportunities coming your way, parts, pieces, moving, all of it. I want to know, like, A, how you do it all, and Mm -hmm. B, realistically, like what does balance look
1: like to you? Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. So I'm going to answer the second question first um, because I think it leads into the first question. So, balance for me, I think that I see it as a dance. So, I grew up as a dancer. My degree is in musical theater. Like, I've been dancing since I was three. And I see it as a dance because sometimes there is, like, sometimes. It, it you're leaning to one side, right? And then other times you're leaning to another side. And it's not necessarily that you are evenly on both feet at the same time all the time, but you always know that you're like, you have a center and you're coming back to that point of stasis. Um, so that's what I see in terms of like balance. For me, in this season, balance is a lot around giving myself spaciousness, which is so hard for me because I love having every single minute of my waking hours uh, really packed. But what I've discovered this year is that this year is a season of me giving myself spaciousness and allowing myself to ask more questions about like, what does my next level look like in terms of business, life, all of those things? So that also includes, um, I've done a lot of travel this year with my husband. I'm in a musical right now in my hometown (laughs) uh, or in the town that we live in. And so it's really about, for me, starting to see my, my business as not me, as a separation between me. I think when we first start our businesses, it's really easy to see our business and ourselves as like one thing. And I think as we grow, as more seasoned business owners, we begin to see our business as something that we do, and not necessarily something something who we or who we are. Um, does that answer your question at all? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so, would you say you kind of? I guess now in the season of spaciousness, are you really relying on like delegation and trusting your team to help you do all of the things?
1: Yes, yes. So on the agency side, we have a team of anywhere between 15 to 20 people at any given time. Wow. And we've really created an org chart that doesn't only rely on me because if we looked at it and everything relied on me, every question needed to be answered by me that gets overwhelming for me very, very quickly. Um, So it's really about having managers in the right seats who can support other team members who other team members can come to and ask questions of. So lots of delegation, lots of trust in our agency and in our organizational chart in order for it to work. Um, on the, on the Tasha booth side, on the personal branding side, I also have um, accountability coaches who coach within my programs and everything so that there's also kind of tears in that in terms of not everything's coming directly to me. Cause once again, that, that becomes really overwhelming.
0: How did you know how did, okay, he, like I started as a VA too. <laughs> How awesome. did you know when it was time to make that first hire and what did that feel like?
1: So, I've always loved collaboration. Um, I worked for the YMCA for several years as the health and well being director for like two different YMCAs, and so I've always worked with other people, like, I've always had that sense of collaboration. And I think that when I went full time in my business and was a solopreneur at first. That was the thing that I missed the most. like i I missed being around other people. I missed that collaborative, you know spirit and energy. So I think hiring for me was was easier than it was for most because I believe in coming from a place of total trust from the very beginning. and then like you you keep that trust. you know, like i I don't necessarily think that people need to like earn my trust. that's that's not the place that I come from in it. Um, and so when I was deciding to hire, It was from a place of definite overwhelm, and it was definitely from a place of reactive hiring, which is the exact opposite that I teach now. (laughs) And I really teach about proactive hiring now, which is anticipating the need so that you can take the time to find and support in training the right person instead of basically finding the you know closest warm body that has some of the things that you need in, in that level of support. Um, but the first person that I hired was actually a Pinterest manager because I used to do a lot of Pinterest management for people and I was just like tapped out of what I could do. So literally, I think I put up like the hiring position in a couple Facebook groups and hired within like the first four hours. (laughs) The first person that like raised their hand was like, I can do this, which is what, of course, what I do not suggest anymore. All right.
0: I t- the reason I had said, like, I, I started as a VA too is because, exactly like you said, like, I felt like, oh, I can't trust anybody to do this mm-hmm. other than me. Um, and so I love the mindset that you approach where you already have my trust. Um, you don't need to earn my trust. I really, really love that. And I think that's a way to make hiring a whole lot less painful because yeah. we really, I think that is a big, big hang up for people is getting caught in that, like, well, I don't know who I can trust to do this as well as me
1: yeah well and we have an amazing hiring process within the launch guild so we have basically a 3 to 4 step hiring process so by the time somebody has been hired at the launch guild they've done two rounds of applications they've had an interview with me they've done a test project like i know that they can do the work by the time that they're on the team so it's not a matter of me not trusting that they're able you know able and capable of doing the work which is why i can come from that place of like total trust
0: um. All right. So I'm all about giving people like something that they can start literally doing today to take mm-hmm. one step towards scaling and growing no matter where they are in their business. And so
1: I would love to hear what that is I- in your words. Yeah. I think it is connection and connecting with people, Um, which I I like to use the word connection instead of networking because I think it's like a true wanting to get to know people. So I like sharing the story that in 2018, which was my first full-time year in business, I committed to doing 52 coffee chats in 52 weeks. And I actually ended up doing probably closer to 70 to 75 coffee chats because there were several weeks where I did more than one. And my goal in that was just to get to know people in the online space and not to feel alone as I was building this thing. But the byproduct of that is that I have people that I talked to in 2018 who still send me referrals to this day, you know, who still are amazing um, partners, like partners in creativity, partners in like lots of different things, or just friends in the online space. And so I think that When you're thinking about scaling and when you're thinking about growing, you can't do it alone. And so even just having those people that you can send a Voxer to and be like, hey, you know, I'm trying to figure this thing out. Have you had this same experience or same, like, do you have any thoughts or ideas? Like being able to do that and to collaborate that way is going to be so helpful and so useful as you're scaling your business.
0: Tasha, I wish you could see me right now because I'm like smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> this is—I mean, this is exactly the mission of "She Built This," but also this is one of my huge pillars of, like, my content market. You know, just like helping yeah. people with visibility, like connection, and it's not—it's not, it's not um, being shysty and networky and salesy. It's like making true, lasting
1: relationships with yes, people. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um. All right, are you ready for my rapid roundup questions?
1: Yes, I think I'm ready. I'm nervous. (laughs)
0: Yours yours aren't too scary. (laughs)
1: Sometimes I get scary with
0: them. Um, I would love to hear what your favorite thing to do is in the summertime.
1: Oh, in the summertime. Okay. Probably go to travel someplace that is, I was going to say a little bit cooler than Albuquerque because Albuquerque can get pretty hot, but it's been really hot like everywhere we've traveled this year because we've been to Palm Springs and to Phoenix and uh, oh, Vegas, no. <laughs> all these super hot places. But somewhere with water, because I mm-hmm. the thing that I miss most about uh, growing up, I grew up in New Jersey where we have gorgeous beaches to being in Albuquerque. The one thing I miss is water. So going somewhere with water. <laughs>
0: I hear you all yes. summer. I'm It's like lake, ocean, whatever mm-hmm.
1: it is. Um, Pool, whatever. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So you I read that you have an organic veggie garden. So yes. I'd love to hear what your favorite vegetable is from your veggie garden.
1: Um, favorite vegetable is sugar snap peas. Oh, those are so good. They're
0: now, so I good. have a question about these. Do you <laughs> eat them? Do you eat them with the skin on or do you
1: have to like pop out the the... No, you can sp- just, yeah, you can eat them with the skin on.
0: Okay. Sometimes
1: I feel like that's a lot on the whole digestive system. I know. I So there's like that little vein thing. I, yes. I take the vein off because that can be a lot to chew, but the rest of it, so good. Okay. <laughs> My husband came home with
0: with them the other day and he's like, why are you pulling out the things? I was like, I don't think you're supposed to eat this good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is a um, thing or a decision that you look back on and you applaud yourself for making that decision or choosing that thing time and time again?
1: Um, I think having the conversation with my husband about going full-time in my business. So I had that conversation with him while he was deployed in Africa (laughs) and basically we hopped on FaceTime one day and I was like, I think I'm ready to go full-time. Like I want to quit my full-time job. And he was like, as long as you can pay your parts of the bills, like go for it. (laughs) So yeah, having, having the courage to have that conversation and then follow through and actually do it.
0: We are like two of hearts. I love this. I love it. <laughs> um, when I started, so when, when I was a virtual assistant, we were closing another business and my husband was like, no more entrepreneurship. And I was <laughs> like, I'm like, watch me. So I was like, well, he can't stop it if I've created something successful. So exactly. um, yeah, same, same thing. So I love that. Um, thank you for indulging me in my rapid roundup. Yes. And I would love to hear how we can find uh, the easiest way maybe to find and connect with you online, how you like to stay in touch with people.
1: Yeah. So I'm on Instagram way more often than I probably should be. We do have two Instagram accounts since we have kind of two businesses. So you can find me at The Launch Guild, also at The Tasha Booth. Um, I probably hang out on The Tasha Booth more than on the Launch Guild account, but both of them you could find me there. Okay,
0: great. And I'll make sure both of those are in the show notes. Um, thanks so much,
1: Tasha. This was lovely. This and was so fun.
0: Hopefully, this is conversation one of many.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we need to just like hang out because I feel like we're kindred spirits, definitely. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.